0: Hello. Please let me see your ticket stubs for the Double-Edged Double Bill. In case you weren't aware, Keanu Reeves is a Dracula of Tai Chi. Whoa. Whoa. Each week, Adam Thomas and Thomas Mariani will come to the table to discuss the randomly selected yin and yang of a double feature. Then, both will have to pick a number between 1 and 10 in order to seal their fates for the next episode. One has two good movies, the other two bad. Let the chaos begin, dudes. I am Adam S. Thomas Esquire. And I am Thomas
1: Theodore Mariani. And And we we are are Double Edge, Double double Hill. That was a most triumphant intro, Adam, but I must say, we need a most non-heinous guest to help us with our Keanu report. You got anybody? Yeah, my, uh,
0: well, my wife. My wife is here. (laughs) (laughs) She's our excellent
2: guest, Heather Thomas. Whoa, hat trick. Trying to do my best Neo impression.
0: So you're just out there doing kung fu.
2: <laughs> She's out in the
1: front room just throwing
2: kicks. <laughs> I'm just staring.
1: Very good. Um and welcome back. Obviously as Adam mentioned, you've been on two previous times, so this is your hat trick, and uh we invited you back on and we wanted to know why exactly Keanu of all the topics we gave.
2: Um, because I had a huge, well, still do, had a huge crush on Keanu growing up. In fact, my, uh, my email, that's still the exact same from when it was my aim, <laughs> the last letter in is it a K for Keanu Reeves, because he's going to be with me forever. <laughs> I mean, that's possible. I think he is an immortal. Oh yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be alive way after I'm gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean you gotta figure as long as he's alive next week, he's gonna outlive me.
2: <laughs> and
1: I mean if to be fair, he does have that beard. Maybe if he shaved that he would appear far older. There's a Benjamin Button thing with the beard. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? We're doing Keanu Reeves in honor of John Wick, chapter three, and many people obviously dismiss him when he originally came out of the scene, like the mid to late eighties. Kinda dismissed him, and some still do to this day as sort of a Dumbass to some degree like a surfer bro kind of like whatever dude i just go with the flow kind of guy but i i think as i've grown older i've realized that the issue isn't so much that he's like an idiot as much as keanu is completely confident and relaxed
0: yeah and his voice he's he cannot do anything to get rid of that inflection in his voice no matter we'll what talk
1: about, we'll talk yeah. about what there's a problem <laughs> with that in a bit um, because we are talking about because of Keanu and John Wick chapter 3 we're talking about our good pick is the Man of Tai Chi uh, which is a movie he both appears in and directed his directorial debut and then our bad feature is Bram Stoker's Dracula which we may not necessarily think is a bad movie but isn't the best representation of Keanu himself yeah I'd say that's very uh, apt <laughs> Uh, But what's your relationship with Keanu, Adam?
0: I've always kind of been a fan of Keanu Reeves. I mean, even as far back as like, I love you to death and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and uh, Parenthood. And I mean, he's point break. I mean, come on, man. I mean, the guy's he's he is most excellent, but he really is. He's awesome. I mean, and you never hear a bad story about the guy. He's a real good guy. And he knows exactly what he is, he knows what he's into, and he does what he likes to do. And, I mean, just for that, I give him credit, because he could easily be like a Nicolas Cage or Travolta or anything, Bruce Willis even now, where they just take anything that's thrown at them, and he
1: doesn't. Well, right, and it seems like he also has a genuine passion for film, because, I mean, he did Mm -hmm. that, like, side-by-side documentary. He was in it, at least. He was, like, the host of it, where he talked about digital versus film. And I hear he also is a big cinephile. And as you mentioned, any story I hear about that guy is like, he's the most amazing person ever. Like, I I love, there's a story where apparently this woman who was going to her first audition was in ratty clothes, like her car broke down, and Keanu decided to help her out on the side, didn't know anything about her, and pushed her car all the way to the mechanic. And that woman was Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Wow. (laughs) She told that story a lot, and she apparently goes to Every one of his movies opening weekend. Yeah,
0: dude. Like, I heard about, uh, you know, the people sitting on the plane next to him, and he enjoyed talking to them so much, he reimbursed them for their tickets. I mean, just that type of shit. Where Even, like, he gave all the um, stunt work team in The Matrix, like, he paid them out of pocket and gave them a raise.
1: Well, and of course, he had such an affection for the stunt people in those movies that they would later go on to make John Wick. And he also has such a respect for stunt people. Like, he always says, I don't do my own stunts, I do my action acting Right. You know, some people do all the real work. Oh, it's is, is very noble for him to say. Uh, but anyway, we were talking about stunt work. Let's go ahead and get into our first film, which relies heavily on a lot of stunt work Man of Tai Chi.
0: How would you like to test how good you are, Tiger? Or
2: could become? What if I lose? I can't fight Tai Chi for money. It's dishonorable. Kill
0: or be killed, Tiger. <laughs> That's what I want. I didn't come here
1: to kill. You owe me a life. And so, uh, Man of Tai Chi uh, came out in November of 2013. And as I mentioned, it was Keanu Reeves' directorial debut. And as of yet, the only film he's directed. And basically, it's the story um, that takes place mostly in China in which we have our lead, uh, Tiger, as played by Tiger Chin, who was a real stunt person. I love
0: that that's his real name, too. <laughs> it's pretty dope, yes.
1: Um, and he plays our lead, who's basically like this delivery guy who also has an interest in Tai Chi, which is more of like a meditation thing than it is a martial art. But he is tr- starting to develop it into a martial art he can fight with to the displeasure of his master. And uh, he is recruited to be part of a fighting ring, an underground illegal fighting ring. Ring, um, which is hosted by Keanu Reeves as basically like a, an American Bond villain in the middle of China. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Um, and things start to turn a bit deadly as uh, Tiger moves up the ranks and also has a plot in which he has to literally pretty much save the Rex Center, but with the temple that his master owns. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not too far off from Breakin'. Uh, this yeah. is unofficially <laughs> Breakin' 3. This That's what it's this like, is. Yeah, it's Ski Patrol in China. <laughs> Basically. Um, and Adam, this was your pick, though you said you hadn't seen mm-hmm. it before. Uh, though yeah. we, I'd, I'd heard of this one, too. Because obviously, oh, Ken Reeves directing, and here's how that went. How did you think that went? I, eh,
0: I mean, look, I'm a sucker for martial arts movies. I love good action kung fu movies. And this is, to me, this is it's a perfectly fine made kung fu movie. And for his directorial debut, I... There wasn't really much that I noticed in it, as far as direction and or shots or anything like that, that I was like, oh, you can tell this is a novice. Um, So, I mean, I guess he did a pretty good job.
1: (laughs) Ring endorsement. Love that. Uh, But what about you, Heather? What did you think of Tai Chi?
2: I agree in the aspect of... like you know just how the storyline went i thought it was just a pretty generic kind of you know what we, what you we would have for a Kung fu movie but i actually have to say you can tell in terms of his directing it was it was kind of like a fresh face you know even to the point that the camera's swinging around at, at like different times and or the one the one bit where it showed time passing where it's like literally you see the skyscape of china and then the moon's going and the sun comes up and it pans right that into tiger's room like you could tell that he was just trying there was bits and pieces you could even see from other movies that he liked like when they pan in through the window that he must have like you said before his respect for cinema you could tell he was trying to Filtrated into the movie. Um, And I thought that's cool because you're seeing somebody that just really likes what they're doing and they're trying to show it off and they finally got their hands on the reins. But in terms of, I mean, the fight scenes were really good. There was some uh, weirdly placed wiring effects and there was some weirdly placed fighting scenes as to what direction you were supposed to be watching but you could tell he was really passionate about it and that brings you right into the movie like you're just like all right, I'll follow him even though his acting wasn't the greatest you're like he's into it I'm into it too kind of deal
1: (laughs) I guess I generally agree I think I'm a bit more enthusiastic because admittingly Adam and I have talked about this we really want to do a kung fu or martial arts themed episode in general at some point in the future because it's not a big forte of mine it's always been a blind spot a lot of especially like the Um, sort of classic kung fu movies or a lot of the stuff with like um, Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan. Not as familiar with that stuff. So as a bit more of a novice, I didn't find this to be fun. um, Though I will agree that there are points where you can tell that it's never from a lack of enthusiasm that Keanu directs the movie. It's just that there are points where he seems a bit too big for his britches. Like especially there's a whole fight scene involving Tiger at this like weird... Joel Schumacher-inspired club, just a lot of like <laughs> yes, weird definitely. angles and overuse of light that was just not that interesting to me, <laughs> and just felt like okay, you're trying, Keanu, I respect that, but it, it works a lot better when especially mm-hmm. there's a point when Tiger, go- whenever Tiger goes mm-hmm. into that one sort of padded cell-looking room. And he just fights somebody there. That works the best because it's kind of plays into Keanu's persona where it's a lot more relaxed, the direction, it's a lot more sort of let's just stake it still and let these fighters actually fight out, which of course a lot of these people are apparently stunt people, or people that worked in fighting rings that um, Tiger Chen himself did in real life. Like apparently some of this was inspired by his fighting tournament days in China. And you can tell there's a lot of sort of like real stunt work going on here. There's so many like what would you, what would you say was your favorite fight that happened in this movie?
0: Well, I did like his initial fight, like the interview. I thought it was adequately brutal. But I really did enjoy the uh, the two fights, one with the guy in the tournament and then one with the really big Russian guy, where he just destroyed them. Where he just became unhinged and just kicked the living shit out of them. And especially because Tiger Chen is so unassuming looking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, he doesn't look like he should be able to just rip you apart, but it works. It's
2: like a Tiger Cub Chen.
0: Uh, I see what you did there Nice yes. nice. But one thing <laughs> I couldn't put the guitar riff in again I do want to say though uh, The wire, as Heather alluded to The wire work I'm not a fan of wire work in straight Martial arts movies It doesn't bother me if the movies are more in like the fantastical realm Like Hero or Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon and things like that But in movies like this My thing is when they just throw it in In certain areas it, it it almost immediately takes me out of the fight. Um my thing is if you're gonna do it, just go full bore with it. Like even the you know the wind punches that you know the master gave him and then gives Keanu. Do that the whole movie. Yeah. If you're gonna do it.
1: It works better when they're they're building up to that because they kind of hint at the whole like oh this one special move you can do just make people fly off. Um, I think if you build up to that and have mostly just like these grounded fights i agree more with that that like if you're gonna do it either do it the whole time or genuinely build up to it there's right. a, i agree the f- the few moments of wire work prior to i think especially the final fight with keanu don't quite work uh, yeah.
0: it was definitely more noticeable in the keanu fight there was a couple moves where it's like it just looked sloppy
1: yeah look labor well, but at the same time, I would honestly say that was probably my favorite fight, if nothing else, for, one, you, you've you got, I think all the other guys that Tiger Chin fights are, like, solid sort of opponents, but mm. I love the presence Keanu has as this villain, where he is, it's like, I mentioned, he's a fucking Bond villain, where he just is, like, sitting in his elaborate palace, and he's just like, huh, look at these people, fight for me. It's, it's like the... Perfect kind of Nicolas Cage-style hammy performance I like. Where it feels hammy, but in a way that's a lot more earnest from Keanu. And then once he's at that point, he's lost. Everything just comes in. And I love every time he says, you owe me a life.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's so Which he
1: say it quite a bit. Quite, it's his catchphrase of the movie. If we had the Keanu doll from this movie, he would say, you owe me a life. Every time you pulled the string.
0: It was so funny. We were watching it. And just how... Much of a giant Keanu looks like compared to Tiger Chad, and I'm the same height as Keanu Reeves. We're six one, right? We're not that big, but it was like watching a grow man. Like it was like watching me fight my daughter,
1: like throwing <laughs> her around the room,
0: <laughs> which I do. I'm
1: trained. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, it, you it, got the the wire work going on there too, right. with her,
2: <laughs> <laughs> just like elaborate pulley system. Right.
0: But it's like old shitty jump ropes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I did like the Kano scene I, simply because it's like, you do, by the end of this movie, really want to see him fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you want to see that fight happen. And He's owed you. a
1: life, Adam. Of course you want it's that. He's owed a life.
0: You owe me
2: a life. <laughs> i think my favorite is between him and his master because i think like it's the one point in the movie where you could tell it was full of like total like subcontext where tiger's wearing black and his you know his master's wearing white and the difference between tai chi and tai chi is all about balancing you know um the different forces like yin and yang and i like the fact that it was like the whole you seen the power of of the master being able to do it in like a meditative state like he was taking the punches and you can see how tiger was like you know in the angry state and um i got to admit like i got psyched that they did the wind punch i was like waiting for something like that to happen and it was like oh yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah i'm totally down for like <laughs>
2: like i wish that would have magic
0: happening. <laughs> when that yeah. happens in movies i'm like this is the best this is it this, this
1: is this is real I don't understand this culture Therefore this must be real They can all do this I think Look as an ignorant white man This looks dope (laughs) And totally 100% legit No but that's what
0: I'm saying though I did like that scene too Um, And I I love like You know the power Wind punch The the power of his kung fu It's so great I just wish that They would have just Grabbed that by the balls And just ran with it The whole movie Like, have the Tiger character have this, like... He's so good at what he does that he's harnessed other energies or whatever. And everybody else plays it real, but yet he's just, like, this... Basically a wizard of Kung Fu. And that's why he could do the wire tricks and all that. Like I said, it, it... The first fight is so grounded in reality. And anytime he's in the tournament, it's very, like, shot like it's real. But then that the fucking Batman Forever Club, and then the fucking uh, Keanu fight. The, the wire work was just so rough. And what a criminal misuse of uh, Eco-Iowas.
1: See, I'll disagree with you on that in terms of, one, not too long after this we had Force Awakens, which is the most criminal use of him and the other guy from the whose name, I forgot. Ever. ever. Because no, you yeah. hear, holy fuck, those two dudes are in a Star Wars movie and they don't do anything. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, As opposed to this, what I like especially is that him and Tiger Chin have this interesting interaction where Tiger doesn't want to fight this guy, and literally he's like, I won't fight you! I won't fight you! He has to, like, do evasive moves. I I actually, I dug that idea that, like, he's doing these evasive moves and using his Tai Chi to get away from doing a fight. That was a more unique twist on the idea and I felt like it worked for his character in the movie, which it's a, a very simplistic character arc, where he's a delivery guy, and he likes doing Tai Chi, but he also wants to prove himself as a fighter, and as he goes along, he grows this rage that keeps increasing until he sees that, oh, they're manipulating all this for an arc. Which I love that bit, actually, where he's watching the ceremony happen and there's the video Mm -hmm. that plays about, like, his arc throughout this whole movie was this and that. It's like, oh, they're manipulating me this whole time. I dig that idea and the fact that he would respond to that by trying to evade a fight with his technique. You know, I also think Tiger Chin, despite being not a professionally trained actor, is like a decent enough lead and I can get behind him and there's also like put enough small very obvious stuff that at least shows like okay he's a guy who at least is trying to improve his station like he keeps practicing English over the radio and all that other stuff I think that there, it shows like he's a guy who wants to prove himself in any case and he just gets to and over his head I, I, I dug all of that
2: I think it was balanced well in the fact that the acting I mean throughout the movie was at best little little bit more than what you know, so I think it was like it was all, it but was it was shoddy. It was subpar yeah. acting for the. But it wasn't most. bad, and like it didn't no. make it. It didn't have the effect that made it bad. Like sometimes, if you would put take in one of those actors or that t- the type of acting that they did and put it in another movie, it would be almost unbearable. But the fact that it was all about the fighting and the visuals, everybody was almost on the same level. And even when Keanu like yelled, which start which startled which was me. Insane. You know. Yes, I. I don't know what hurt him, and I. Wanted to, I wanted you know, to heal. It. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to heal that. Um, but I think it fit well with it. That's why it wasn't that it, it wasn't so jarring that the lack of plus it was all you know, so much of it was about tigers fighting and stuff and the other the side characters. Actually, you know, the cop, the uh I don't remember her name, but the main cop wasn't bad at all. In fact, the whole no, pol- the, all the actors in the police force ironically we're like kind of even even the small part of them we're kind of moving the movie along at like a respectable like you're like all right they're back on the scene Something Though, is though happening. I will say that's something <laughs> that feels
1: the most mechanical in the movie at the same time because it's not as much focused on yeah, the actual that's... fighting, and it's just more like we need to move the plot along. Here's this side plot that's going on that I yeah. don't really care that much about. And also, I think it has the weakest bit of direction. That's subtle, but it's just a moment that like I was very confused by where Tiger's meeting up with that detective, and she's like, "Okay, we're, so we're going to meet up with you at this point, right? Right?" And then they go up to this these two guys suddenly just like walk up to them in the police station, and you think like, "Oh, they're going to like introduce themselves to Tiger." And then they immediately cut to him getting in the car. I'm like, what's happening?
2: I know. I was like, are they like in on it? Like, are they going to fight right now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do want to go back to what I said, though. I I don't have a problem with the fight or what happened with the guy from the raid and Tiger. I just, we've seen what Aiko Iowas can do as far as fighting and choreography and things like that. I felt like he should have maybe been in a different scene. Like maybe it should have been him at the end. Maybe it should have been him. Like the guy who he was hitting, who was like doing the Shaolin practice where he was taking all the pain.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that, that was a big fight. That was so great, yeah. That <laughs> was really that... great.
0: But that could have been Iko Iowas because that was one of the biggest fights. And that, to me, I just would have liked to see more of what he can do against his style of martial arts against this style.
2: I got but, the vibe that you were supposed to know how much of a badass he was. Oh, 100%, like, yeah.
0: Well, like, you figure, think, again, this is a kung fu movie made by a guy who loves martial arts movies.
1: Right. Who was so in on it that this is 2013, only a year after The Raid came out. So he was in on those guys way before most other people were.
0: But that's all. I mean, I, I like how the, uh, the fight actually occurred and what happened in it, but I don't know. I just, every time I see that guy, I want to see him, like, just fucking stab guys or shoot them or do whatever the hell he's fighting with whatever is in his arm's reach. Uh Can we talk about the CGI of the car crash?
1: Oh yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: good God. <laughs> I'm like, the, Heather went, okay, so this is, this is really awful looking. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's like PlayStation. Like, like I, this too.
2: I was just listening to, um, I don't know if you know the podcast Double Edge Double Bill Spawn episode earlier today when you guys were describing like what was the breaking point of uh, CGI when people started talking shit about it and literally I just started thinking this is a bad scene damn Spawn like I literally like I was like it came full circle in that
1: at the same time also I wouldn't mind maybe a bit of Michael J White
2: (laughs) that's true yeah that'd be dope
0: why not. Yeah. That's, but, you know, the thing is, he I guarantee you, like you already said, most of these guys are real fighters who have fought in tournaments. Not all of them are movie fighters. But Keanu Reeves, I guarantee you, did his research. I guarantee you, if you go to China and you watch this movie, or Indonesia or wherever, people there know who these guys are.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed.
0: We don't, because we're, you know, stupid gaijins. The fight choreography, everybody in it, like, You could tell they know their shit, except for maybe piano keys at the end. (laughs) I mean, he's good. He learned his shit for the Matrix movies, but it felt a little wooden.
2: I respected it only for the fact that I, like, love the way that it kept kicking. Because it was almost like whoever choreographed it was like, okay, well, you don't really have a lot on him, so why don't you just keep him away by kicking him? Yeah, so just keep, like, super kicking him. (laughs) Walk like an ostrich. literally is all he did. Walk like an ostrich.
1: (laughs) Wait, I just like the fact that Keanu has, like, his... Demeanor throughout that whole fight is interesting because especially, this is one of the few times I can recall where he's played a villain. And I dig the yeah. fact that he, in the scene, has, like, lost everything and he is totally in rage-filled vengeance mode. So it kind of fits into, like, that he's not even quite as apt at fighting as a tiger is. I, I think that that works. And also, I I just love the way he dies. And
2: he had to get his last line in, you know, like, <laughs> I, I knew you could do it like oh you've been waiting your whole career to do that death haven't you and just
1: mean mugs of him and then just like eh. <laughs> just perfect
2: and then they w- I love the fact that they just walk away too. like let's just leave that there <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that corpse on the ground when just, I walk away
1: I'm just waiting for the guys to come and just like hey we're gonna finish remodeling oh <laughs> we're gonna leave and you let you clean that up we'll be back in like an hour we'll take lunch guys lunch 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 <laughs>
2: I love that whole subplot too, because it was like, you could tell it was such a profound part of his story arc. But at the same time, you're like, I, what? <laughs> like, why does this dude not want his temple fixed? Like, he seemed thoroughly upset before. Like, why isn't he more excited about this?
0: Right. Would it have been better if Tiger was like a card sharp? <laughs> <laughs> go gamble. <laughs> Texas hold turn tournament. Get him. But then, so they go through this whole arc. At the end he's like, Yeah, all right, I'll sell it to you, make it a cultural village. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. What's going on here?
1: No, but didn't you hear his great speech, at him? They were trying he's trying to like combine both sides. or it's like we, oh, yeah. we we must come together yeah. and have your chi realized or whatever the hell he said. It you but know it, never. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's yeah, just mysticism. Um I will say the weakest point for the movie for me was the forced, like, romance where, you know, like, I don't care. I don't care that he likes her. <laughs> like the girl at the patent office. Well, was it wasn't a patent. I don't know. It might have been a patent office. Who the hell knows what it was at this point?
1: It's the, hey, my temple's closing down. I got to save the Red Center right. office. <laughs> you can fix everything. You have the to the
2: temple everything. office.
0: <laughs> right, the temple office.
2: Your things got to be explained um, to you. <laughs> that I, didn't,
0: I did not care about. And even the tag at the end where they're together and they run up the hill,
1: like, I don't care.
0: But I don't know. Nat, I mean, like I said, I think it's, you know,
1: it's perfectly serviceable. I mean, I wasn't that bothered by the romance necessarily, if nothing else, because, like, it is, it's a side thing, but also at the same time, she's the one that says, like, hey, you can make this a historical landmark and we can kind of save this place. But she had investment in his actual, like, studies and whatnot. It's not just a romance thing i think it was i didn't think it was the best part of the movie but i thought it served its purpose fine
0: (laughs) that girl must really be into foreheads too because that's one thing i will say and i don't want to decry anybody's looks but good god what a wig he's wearing
1: how dare you insult that tai chi light bulb (laughs) (laughs) he is a beautiful beacon of light (laughs) well at this point rather than keep making fun of a guy who could kick all of our asses let's go ahead and go into final thoughts totally let's go into our final thoughts and heather your final thoughts on man of tai chi
2: um i i actually enjoyed the movie for my for what it was i think i enjoyed his enthusiasm making it and even keanu like acting you could tell that he had the passion for what he was doing so I definitely think it's worth a watch especially if you like him especially if you like kung fu movies I mean it's it's a little long it feels like sometimes those kung fu movies only really should be long if it's more of like a fantasy or like a really thought out like world and this one just felt like it was the same storyline that you would expect in the fighting movie and it just kind of didn't wouldn't pick up speed at times but it also feels like a type of movie that if we're had a little bit more time to cook or if he made another one possibly like in another kind of thought process it would actually could be pretty much improved but work a lot better i just think it felt like it was like the first cut of the movie but i definitely think it's watchable and um i i enjoyed it for what it was
1: adam
0: I actually pretty much agree with everything she said uh, for once. Um, <laughs> it is a little long in the tooth because it's got like three endings, but I think it's a perfectly serviceable uh, martial arts movie. There's not anything in it that makes me go, Oh God. But there's not anything in it either. That I'm like, Oh my God, you have to see this movie. Uh, I think it's fun. It's entertaining. It's got good choreography, but I do think it's ultimately kind of forgettable as well. I think it'll get lost in the haze.
1: Would you all like to see Keanu do another movie as a director?
2: Yeah, why not? I like the directing. I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was somebody who enjoyed movies, you could tell. He might have been trying a lot, but I enjoyed how he did it.
1: Yeah, I almost wouldn't mind if he maybe did something a bit more skewed into genre. I agree, like something more like maybe a sci-fi actioner. Kind of thing. That'd be awesome. I think. Yeah. I think you could do a pretty good job with that. And I mostly agree with you guys. I liked it enough. Um, I think it's it's on Netflix right now as we're recording. It's the perfect place to see it, where you can have fun yeah. with it. It pause at certain things. Go get something. <laughs> and come back. Uh, it it kind of fits that tone, as it were, but I I dig Tiger, Tiger Chen. I dug most of the fights. There's some points where you can tell Keanu's being a bit overzealous, but at the same time, there's a lot of passion that's involved in that, and he's fun as the villain. And we didn't even mention this, but I love that he has that black mask that come, when he comes out. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, oh, I weird. know. I wanted him to really fight cool. with
2: it so bad. I like, know, when right? it got kicked off, I was like, oh, man, I just wanted him to fight with it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Man of tai Chi, it's pretty good. See it. And uh, in an unprecedented move, I think we all actually like the bad pick more, but not necessarily for our main topic reasons. Yes. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have
0: crossed
1: oceans of time
0: to find you. What are
1: you? He is a willing recruit. She is- Devil's concubines, I
2: want to be
1: what you are. I want to see what you see. And so, uh, this adaptation of Bram Stoker's famous novel uh, came out in November of 1992. It is uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and we'll get this out of the way right now. This is something new for us, where usually when we have a bad pick, it's either a genuinely bad movie based around our topic, or maybe a movie that we all really like, that gets an unfair shake, or maybe even something we haven't seen before. This is a rare case where I think this is a great movie, but uh, for Mm -hmm. the reasons of our topic, uh, its worst element really is keanu reeves here and that was very famous at the time a lot of people really honestly dismissed the whole movie because of keanu which to be fair he is not good as jonathan harker no um, it's not good casting it feels definitely like francis Ford coppola said as much this was sort of a i need to get a matinee idol from to have kids actually come to my weird fucking vampire movie
0: <laughs> i think it was both with him and Winona Ryder. i agree like, I, they were hot star, hot young stars, so. Right,
1: they were, though I will say I, at least upon this watch, like Winona Ryder a bit more. If nothing else, for the fact that I think she actually works pretty well as, like, the innocent who's seduced by Dracula until it gets to the sort of the weird fourth act of this movie, where she has to be, like, Dracula-possessed evil over the top. Yeah, that's where she really falters for me. Um, But at the same time, she at least works more consistently than Keanu, who I've heard some people say this. and I think it's true. Keanu at his most endearingly bad feels like the jock who really wants to do well at the school play. Yes. Yeah. So he can graduate.
2: I, I have to say this as soon as um, Adam said this was uh, where you were talking about this movie. I have to say this is bad. OK, the accent is awful. But the worst in exactly that kind of interpretation, Thomas, is him doing the the um, villain on much to do about nothing. Yes. Because he's reciting so he's reciting Shakespeare in the worst British accent ever. And it's like I, you can't even watch it. Like at least this while I was watching this, I'm like, oh, my God, this is bad, too. But I think it's exactly that kind where it's like a jock like, ah, oh, to be or not right, right. to be. <laughs> that like... is the question.
1: <laughs> the, the, the tragedy, though, is I don't think it's from lack of trying necessarily. If anything, no. it feels like in this movie, it's out of his wheelhouse. No, it, dude, that's all. It's out of his wheelhouse, and more importantly, it feels like he's trying too hard to be to make this work. You can see it on his face that he's trying, but it never feels like he's actually authentically in this world. Especially because he's playing things at highest at like a five, whereas everyone else in this movie is playing at like a ten thousand. Yeah, true
0: and he's up against titans yes. of acting. I mean, most of his scenes are shared with Gary Oldman. Yeah. For God's sakes. I mean, the poor guy, he he was doomed to fail. I mean, it's stunt casting. It's Hollywood stunt casting, obviously. Got to get a name in here so people will come see it. I mean, that's what it is. And yeah, he tried I still don't know why they put that fucking, like, gray
1: spray paint in his hair. <laughs> they put baby powder in his fucking hair to make him look great. I mean, obviously. <laughs> That's the most school play element of this, especially in a, in a movie that has such phenomenal, like, production design and makeup and everything else. It's just like, ah, oh, we ran out of money. Keanu, here's a baby powder. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like a ferret bath
0: where you put that powder in a sock. <laughs> They're just hitting him in the face with it. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. ow. Oh. Yeah. oh my God, he's grown younger again! <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck is going on with this?
1: <laughs> I see you found Mina. I thought I lost her, dear what? Mina. Dracula wants me to stay a few more days to teach him about our British customs. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm headed to Budapest. <laughs> Especially the cool, like there's points where he does the British accent and then other points where he does the South Californian accent and he switches yeah. line to line at points. Mm-hmm. The funny <laughs> thing is you got Carrie Ells in here. Just make Ells hard. I, I exactly. This, I totally oh yeah. agree with that. Yeah.
0: It, it, Keanu really, like really if anything,
1: I would have loved Keanu as the Texan character that Billy Campbell plays. It completely worked. Yes. Would have completely worked.
2: It's like he's surprised he's in the movie. Like the doe eyed oh, expression. Yeah. Like you could tell he got in and he was like, all oh, right. Oh no. <laughs> oh, this is super scary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like this could have been like an episode of that live action Bill and Ted show. And you could see like yeah. Alex Winter in the audience, like, you're getting it, Ted? Keep doing it. <laughs> it just, it, it does not quite work at all. But. Enough of that, because um, I think we all do agree, though. Aside from that, this movie's fucking great. Like, I love yeah. so much about this fucking movie.
0: Look, well, I love Dracula as a character. I love everything about it, from Bella Lugosi to Christopher Lee to Frank Langella to...
1: To Adam Sandler in the Hotel Transylvania films, of course. <laughs> yeah, but even that, though, he's enjoyable. Yes, yeah, and... I agree, yeah. I'm
0: going to say, on record, right now, Gary Oldman's Dracula is my favorite Dracula. It's a bold statement. It's a bold it's statement. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he is literally, from the first scene he's in, giving it his all the entire time. He does not let up. He is so fucking good. To the point to where, because Gary Oldman is not a conventionally good-looking man. At least, in my opinion, I don't know. You believe that women would want to go to him with the way he acts, especially when he shows up in modern well modern for the time. But in London as the young, you know, Dracula again, I I just and again, Anthony fucking Hopkins in this movie is so unhinged and crazy. But he's awesome.
1: Essentially playing what I feel like Tommy was is always trying to be. Good point. I think
0: you're accurate on that. And Greg Sestero, on the other hand, is uh, Keanu. Um, <laughs> Mina,
1: I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you cheated on him. This is your fault. <laughs> like,
0: Jesus Christ. Everything else in this movie, I mean, from the creature design to the makeup effects to the set design to even the bold choices he makes, like showing the eyes in the in the skyline when Keanu's on the fucking train talking about Budapest <laughs> You know, that type of stuff. I mean, it's really bold. Well, and not to mention that
1: uh, Francis Ford Coppola decided to do all of this, like, old-school practically. And yeah. you can tell like the aesthetic of it feels like this is a Val Lewton film done in, like, 1992. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it feels like, and that's such an eerie sort of dreamlike quality that just permeates throughout this whole movie. And I do love Gary Oldman's track, I think, because when you mentioned that he's not the most conventionally good-looking guy, um, he's what I like is the fact that it almost plays into Dracula's sort of tragedy as a character. He feels like somebody who exudes so much confidence, but is so tortured inside. It fits perfectly for that. And I, I do agree. I think Gary Oldman is giving it so much of his all and shows so much range from being like the old guy that we see at the beginning to when,
0: he... when he's speaking straight Hungarian in the very right. Beginning. I mean, dude. There was no question in the very beginning that that guy's a badass warrior. He is exactly who he is. And there was the old man. There's no question he's a tortured old man. You know, Who's lived for God knows how long now and is still just in love with one person. And then when he's young Dracula again, there's no question that he's in love again. What a performance. He covers all the bases in this performance.
1: And when he becomes missed, you believe he's really missed. I. He's not. <laughs> oh, <the> old
0: misty <laughs> old oh yeah oh that's just one of his tricks
1: he was a really bad illusionist but but uh, what about you heather what are some of the things you also like about this movie
2: i i agree um even w- in terms of when you're saying the bold choices i like how you any one of those actions from even the dream light the whether the shadow's doing in the background like the scene with Keanu and the three chicks like coming out of the bed like they could, any one of those scenes could have be taken just a hair stronger would have been campy. And I mean, it was kind of veining on campy for the respect of the source material, but it was done so well and handled so well that it was like, you just totally accepted it and it fit into the feel. And that's why it was one of the masterpieces of the movie. And of course with, I mean, Oldman just did it great. He mm-hmm. Cause like you said, there's a tragic character, but you also, he's, you know, he's a vampire. He's feeding People babies to chicks, hey, you babies. know? Like to be able to sympathize and yet hate and love a character all at the same time, even knowing such an like a obvious story arc. You already know Dracula. You already you know there's you know the story. You know the you've seen the movies. Like you get it. And just to have somebody come in and take it, it still do the same storyline, story arc, still follow you on take you on the same journey. But you're like, oh. <laughs> like,
0: you love, like
2: I'm in awe. <laughs> you turn to Keanu. Whoa! Yeah, it, Whoa again. Right, no,
0: I I agree with you, Heather. It's it's the same thing. Everybody knows. Like Thomas Hume brought up Hotel Transylvania. Kids know who Dracula is. I mean, it'll never. The story will never die. But you to be able to watch this 1992 version, which God, when did the Gosi one come out in the 30s? Yeah. So for you to watch uh, this movie that's come out maybe 60 years later, Dracula again, but. It's completely different. He makes completely different choices. Complete, and it makes the character feel fresh again. You're like, this is a fucking different type of Dracula. I agree with you Heather. I think it just works on so many levels. Almost every level. Except for Jonathan Harker and, <laughs> and his goddamn baby powder bath.
2: <laughs> but see, that just does show what good movie it is. Because even with all that going on, and he's still a pretty big part of the movie, you're like, I'll accept, it. <laughs> I'll accept it. He's
1: the control for this experiment. You got to have <laughs> something there to ground it a bit more and something familiar. <laughs> but I, I think especially like, I, I agree with about like most performers here are so especially we haven't mentioned him. Fucking Tom Waits as Renfield is so great. You want to know what's crazy?
0: Tom Waits. Tom gravelly ass voice. Waits has a way better British accent than Keanu Reeves could ever do.
1: Yeah, and so convincing. And that dude, I believe that guy would be, like, eating fucking bugs in the corner of uh, Mental Asylum, which I also love that, like, the guards have the metal cages around their heads to guard them from yeah, people. Yeah, cool. So great. And he, just the way that he talks, like Richard E. Grant, or especially when owner Ryder was just like, I pray that I never see you again. Go, master! Great.
0: So awesome. <laughs> Yo, know what I noticed, too, watching it again, which I think is the funniest thing I've ever seen, Richard E. Grant, when they first show him, He's like, Thomas, come here. And it's one of the guards in a metal cage. And the guy walks over to him. He's like, wait here. And he walks away.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> come here. I need to talk to you. All right. I'll be back. <laughs> Holy shit. But, uh, I
2: walked all the way over here. I have no perifs. Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> Seriously? the thing is heavy. What? <laughs> but, uh, dude, like half bat, half human Dracula. What a fucking practical effects marvel. What a great suit, and what a great scary scene!
1: Yeah, or even him as like the the werewolf type creature, which I did love. The, around this time is also when I watched like *Fright Night*, and I had the yeah. same problem with both those movies. Where as a youngin, I was just like, "Vampires can't turn to werewolves. This is bullshit. I don't believe any of this." <laughs> and of course, you grow up and you realize <laughs> one, that was always a thing, and two, it's bullshit anyway. Why do you care?
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Why did you draw <laughs> the line in the suit? No, dude, I'm,
0: just, I'm right there with you. Like, even in, like, Blade, I'm like, Silver to the kill vampire to kill the werewolf. God damn, it. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> you can make up the words as much as you want. But that, even that scene, to me, stuck with me. when He's, like, the half-wolf, and he's uh, um, having sex with uh,
1: Lucy. He's raping Lucy at that point. It's disturbing. Yeah, and then at the same time, once he becomes human, again, you're just like... Oh, but he's such a tragic dreamboat, Gary Oldman. He <laughs> did because he loved Mina, so
0: I guess.
1: In this instance, you're like, you're like, no, dude. It's but, but also, what works is the fact that you know that whole time he's also got that hypnotizing effect over her. Like, that's what works so geniusly about like his seduction is the fact that it's clear like he is hypnotizing her with a lot of charisma, a lot of charm, just the the lines that he spews about, like I, I crossed oceans of time. He just has such a commitment to, like, I have been waiting for eons to be with you. And you kind of get swept up in that at the same time. Yeah.
0: But he means it, too. Like, that's the thing. It's not a line. He means it. I mean, it might be a line in the fact that he wants to turn her so she'll be with him forever as well. But he means all of it. Like, he's been. She can waiting become
2: for her. one herself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might be my favorite Dracula Leslie Nielsen. But. <laughs> No, it, it's... And I mean, like I already said, Gary Oldman is fantastic, but I, I gotta go back again to fucking how unhinged Anthony Hopkins is in this movie.
1: This is him right after Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. Yeah, this is his follow-up. He's cutting that steak. He's like,
0: yeah, they were to chop off a head and put a steak in a hot. <laughs> like, he's like, he doesn't give a fuck. He, he's so crazy. I love him in this movie.
1: But I also want to say that, we talked about how great the cast is, also this is probably the last great movie Francis Ford Coppola ever made. This is honestly, it's not too far off for me from, like, I love the two first two Godfathers at Apocalypse Now, obviously, but this is, like, right close to that for me because it, it's like you said, he has so much more passion in him because this was about a decade after, like, he did won from the heart and that completely bankrupted his American Zoetrope studio, so he just kept making blockbuster after blockbuster to, like, make some of his fucking debt go away. And this feels like the first one where he's like, okay, I really want to do something different, and I want to do something unique for this. Just something out of the box. And he does such a marvelous job with it. It's a shame that, like, I think this took all of the creative energy out of him for a while, because then he follows this up with, like, Jack. Remember oh, Jack?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you did Jack? Yep, he directed with Jack. With Williams? Yep.
0: Whoa. Oh. Oh. I didn't know well. that. Oh <laughs> And <laughs> uh, this movie was controversial when it came out, too. I imagine. In the same way Interview with the Vampire was controversial. There's a lot of sex and, you know, sex with blood. There's always going to be a problem in movie with people.
2: And, that's normal anyways. I don't know what everyone's big deal is. If you're doing it right. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: hey. Anyways, it's, uh, that's all jesus christ (laughs) Um, (laughs) good lord um but no it was very controversial because a the runtime it was a long movie for at the time and b people at this point were still not ready for a new dracula you gotta figure dracula back in the day was like batman or superman now the universal monsters people wanted boris karloff and then once hammer came out with christopher lee though christopher lee's dracula now You don't want new Draculas.
2: Or the way they look. I mean, they all had the standard, you know, Widow's Peak. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The red medallion.
0: Right. You know, the capes. and then you get Gary Oldman with long hair and a beard wearing, like... Boob head. Ice tea sunglasses and, you know, things like that. You're like, this isn't fucking Dracula. And yes, the boob hair. Everybody (laughs) had a big thing with that. But, I mean, I'll be damned if this movie, if it doesn't still hold up. I mean, this is just... What a triumph.
1: Well, and especially it started a weird sort of craze of like trying to make these um, universal monsters a bit more palpable where you had like the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and then also, and uh, Jack Nicholson's Wolf. Remember when we're like, hey, Mike Nichols, make a sexy werewolf movie with Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson and Michelle
0: Pfeiffer. Really? You never saw that?
2: No. Oh
0: man. But I will say this, Thomas, James Spader and Wolf is awesome
2: oh my it's... god yes i know what you're talking about god
0: anyways yeah no i agree with you this was this started it uh and kenneth Branagh's frankenstein is atrocious it's
1: it's not it's, it's not good, so
0: though. bad <laughs> and the thing is they've how many times now have they retried dracula told them they were gonna redo it no no, no that's not an actual reboot we're gonna do something else you just can't do it it's like lightning in a bottle stop thomas we've talked about like remakes or reboots and things like that I have no problem with them, really, because the original will always be there. But with a lot of the Universal Monsters ones, even Dracula, because this movie, as much as I love it, it's a four out of five for me. I mean, the only reason it's five is literally because of Keanu and Winona Ryder. They're almost perfection, the originals. So I think that's the reason this one stands out compared to the other remakes. It's because it's such a ballsy term.
1: And if anything, the ones that have come after this one feel like they're trying to ape this particular entry. Because, uh-huh. like, Dracula Untold, even, and, there oh. like, a Dracula 2000. I think they're, oh. they're all trying to go. They're all kind of trying to go for this bravado in some different way. And I just feel like if you're going to do it again, I like the whole thing that apparently now they're going to try and have Blumhouse do, like, the Invisible Man. Yeah. Like, the, like, Lee Winnell. Do more like a Blumhouse model of, like, make a two to five million dollar budget yeah, movie that's character just character based. focused. Yeah,
0: because, yeah. I mean, right. look at the Del Toro Wolfman. What a fucking just a boar fest.
1: Right, as opposed to Guillermo Del Toro doing a love story with the fucking Gilman. The
0: Black Lagoon. I mean, it's complete Yeah. It yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, I, I dude, Gerard Butler's Dracula. Why is Dracula so Scottish?
2: And so <laughs> sexy. Yeah, <right. laughs>
0: I can't wait to bite on the neck. Am I seducing you? Uh, I've got in peace on all myself. You play golf, do you? We haven't had a better Dracula
1: since this Let's put it that way. I don't know. Adam Salem Hotel Transylvania. But... <laughs> oh, Luke <Evans. laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but it, it's just more an issue of like, really set yourself apart if you're ever going to try and do Dracula again. That's what all those other versions at least tried to do. Like, there's, uh, despite how similar they look, Bela Gusey is far and way different from, like, Christopher Lee. Like, they both oh, yeah. have very different approaches to the character. I think that's the way you definitely have to go as opposed to, like I mentioned, sort of doing the uh, Gary Oldman Dracula, but either Super 2000 or Super Blockbuster superhero movie doesn't quite work in either direction so you got to really do something distinct like this does and I especially with I can't stress enough how much I love like all the art direction and awesome. makeup in this movie is so phenomenal well done or even we haven't talked about this at all which is bizarre the score the operatic giant massive score is great is absolutely phenomenal
0: and I, I agree with you I can't can't get behind the the art direction more than I already am. Like I said, the, the, even the scene where it's the peacock and then it turns to an eyeball and then it's the eyeballs in the skyline. I mean, that has stuck with me since I saw this movie. It, it, there's, it, there's nothing to it. It's just it's so unnerving and eerie. And this movie has hundreds of scenes like that. I mean, the blood shooting all over the bed, the blood coming out of the cross. the
1: The opening battle sequence that looks almost like shadow puppets. Yes, is fantastic.
0: Uh, I mean, they're dancing with the room spinning around them. I mean, it's just
1: Dracula's armadillo armor. <laughs> I
0: love that. Which
2: movie. I love. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: I
1: love his it's armor. Like the cell.
0: But fuck, man, I think we got to get back on it because it's the point. Keanu really like. I don't blame him, and I'm glad they didn't get Johnny Depp. I know that was their original option, but, like, the
1: studio was like, no, we need more of, like, a heartthrob. Right, which in 1992, apparently, he quite wasn't. Which is fucking insane <laughs> to me. Because that, that's post-21 Jump Street.
0: Right, are, are you t- telling me Johnny Depp wasn't a heartthrob? He's been a heartthrob for as long as I can remember. He looks like Keith Richards now, that's how long he's been a heartthrob. I mean, the guys, <laughs> he's a, he was a
1: beautiful man. He looks like, I'm sure, what his Dorian Gray portrait looked like in 1992.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Just real haggard and like a little oil all over it. Um, <laughs> soaked in wine.
1: <laughs> yeah, just soaked in wine
0: with cigarette birds. That just goes to show how to out-of-touch studio execs are.
1: Right, but at the same time, it's so interesting also from just the perspective of his career, where he really took this I think much ado about nothing to heart and ended up turning like that into Speed right after that, which is one of his like big seminal movies and was a great use yeah. of him. But at the same time, I think you can also use oh. Keanu in sort of like the similar way. Like I, I think right before this, he does My Own Private Idaho. Oh, that was a good. Point. And a way better Shakespearean oh, turn because yeah. he's doing Henry the Fourth and Fifth in yeah. that movie, and he's doing a great job of it.
0: Like I mentioned earlier, his comedic turn in I Love You to Death, uh, with him oh and my William God. Curtis, funny... drug addicts. I mean, they're hilarious. <laughs> him in Parenthood as a side character. I mean, he does work well in bit parts when it's something. That maybe he's not right for it, but he can still pull it off in bit parts because he's that committed. As long um, as
2: everybody else is like on the same page, like I, like the you same guys, energy
0: like, level, yeah, exactly. because
2: like, yeah. that's why I stuck out so like obvious in this one. Like everybody else, like you guys said, were we just acting their anuses off, and he was just swimming by.
1: I'm really curious about him. Like along with John Wick, another big uh, summer blockbuster he's in this year is he's going to play a bit part in Toy Story 4 where he's playing like apparently like a evil knievel style action figure that's canadian
2: <laughs> that seems very appropriate
1: <laughs> yeah that that totally like and in the clips i've seen of him like oh this is he's like duke kaboom duke that, that, kaboom perfect.
2: or i'm actually very i'm very curious as to how and i like, I'm a little bit apprehensive, but I'm very curious how the next uh, Bill and Ted is going to go, how they're even going to go about that. Is it coming out next year, I think?
1: It, it, they, they're saying it's coming out next year. And the concept, which I've said on the show before, but I love, is that, like, at all these many years later, Bill and Ted have still not made the song that unites everybody. So they're kind of, like, middle-aged, washed up, and they're like, dude, what are we going to do? Apparently <laughs> there's a big universe-ending threat that they have to write the greatest song in the world in order to save us for which i'm i I think that sounds like a fun idea and i think if anything else he has gained so much more of like a self-awareness about who he is that i think started you wouldn't have that without this movie like as many issues as we have with him in this movie this feels like it's a big turning point it's a big mistake that he made that he realized and learned from and i think really great ways from here in his career
2: I think you can almost tell that people, especially other actors around them, or maybe even studios because of how where he gets his money from now, is that people are are able to engage with him because he's he's probably pretty easy to work with, especially even the stories that we've heard from just, you know, um, of fans that I think everyone's just almost everyone's rooting for him you know what I'm saying so he can do these things he can achieve these things and because it's like you you almost like yeah let's just let's see what else he can do and he just goes to work he does what he's got to do and he goes home and you don't see that a lot in actors liking kind of propelling or even Especially
0: like action movie actors because that's, that's basically
2: true. what he is yeah and he and- can tell he likes it
1: yeah, and I guess we can spin this off into our final thoughts about Dracula overall then uh Heather.
2: It's a really anyone that likes horror, especially in that time frame too, like um cause that was like period. It, it, Would you Yeah. Or wouldn't you say that's like right before like oh no, you said it was right after silence. But I was saying thinking like right during that weird kind of thriller horror, like more people it became more blockbustery Um, but I think even then, like even if you don't wanna into super horror nothing like that just the story arc and everything is real it's just good you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to enjoy that the world that you capture because it's almost like it's a movie written. It's obviously written by a book to cover a book, but it's almost like it captures the spirit of if you're reading a book, because you know how when you're reading a book, everything kind of gets fanciful, you get loose images or like dreamlike. And I think it captures that well in a visual form. So even out of that, if you like movies and how they're made or just if you want to get transported into what they're the movies about i think that's what it lends itself to very very well so yeah i like it. it's a good movie <laughs>
1: It's a movie that feels like it's being painted frame for frame
2: as you're watching. Exactly, it. much better. It's <laughs> <I was> concise. <laughs> I did it, Adam.
1: I I agree
0: too. I think this is a masterclass of how to uh, display how visuals and the visual medium can work for you to push a story along. You don't just have to point the camera at something. It's a it's a very good example of. I I think this is a brilliant brilliant take on Dracula. The only reason this is not a perfect five or perfect ten or whatever you want to whatever scale you rate it on for me, is uh, because of Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder's performances. And I don't blame them. Uh, they took the role, and I do believe that they both are giving it everything they got. I just think it's a little bit above their range for both of them. But Ned I I mean, I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. As we talked about last week, with Scott Pilgrim being a, like a feast for the eyes, I think this is the same exact way there's always something to look at there's always a trick there's always a visual gag there's something happening in every frame of this movie that just makes it it just makes this movie a fantastic experience to watch i i I, if you if no if you appreciate dracula or vampires then this if you haven't seen this it has to be on the top of your list
1: yeah, I mean, I, I agree that I think um, Keanu and sort of the later stuff with Winona, and also we didn't really talk about, it, but I think the weird sort of fourth act this movie has were like. The, they barge in on right before uh, Dracula can turn Winona, and then he leaves the Transylvania, and they all have to go to Transylvania, and they have their big chase. It just feels sort of awkwardly plotted. I don't know if that's a thing in the novel, because I never, I never did read the Bram Stoker novel. I I started to after like I read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in high school, and I'm like, this is great. Now i got to read Dracula. I'm like, this is a fucking diary? Fuck this shit. Yeah,
0: I, I never finished it. It's I started so hard. it.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, that, that wasn't. Quite my thing, Um, but as it stands, this movie is. I I really love. It It feels almost like it's also the last time a movie like this could have been made because Coppola insists on not doing any CG, and this is literally the year before Jurassic Park, and when that was a, you could never go back to that. Like there's there's no way that no studio would want them to do any kind of CG at all involved, and it creates this dreamlike. Atmosphere that turns into nightmares, and turns it almost like an erotic thriller-ish dream at the same time. There's, it goes through so much, but at the same time, you feel so immersed in the world and these characters, except for Keanu, that you don't ever quite lose your pacing with it. I, I really do. I agree. This is, it's one of my favorite Coppola movies, and it's such a damn great showcase of what sort of you can do with horror and how malleable it could be, especially in this weird period of the 90s that had uh, a lot of variety that people don't give a lot of credit to for the genre uh but that is the end of our discussion on our two keanu reeves films um before we do our picking for next week with a different star as our topic uh we have some feedback to read because we ask all of you on our facebook and twitter feed which is at db pod about what are your favorite and least favorite examples of whatever topic we're doing. And uh, because it's Keanu here, we asked all of you about that. And so we have some people, including a uh, friend of the show, Tori DePinas says uh, for his favorites of Keanu's uh, The Matrix 1 and 2, Hardball, Scanner Darkly, the previous two John Wick movies, and The Gift rank among my faves. The least, I've never been um, as harsh Uh, on his acting as some others have been but he's been in crap obviously whether it be the third Matrix film The Day the Earth Stood Still or 47 Ronin Uh, Lance Langford of the Horror Returns podcast says uh, The Matrix is an absolute blast, the sequel's not so much let's not forget the awesome Bill and Ted films, and as for bad Dane DeHaan's Keanu impression (laughs) in Valerian, City of a Thousand Planets (laughs) Uh, James Rodriguez says uh, he may be young, dumb, and full of cum but Keanu absolutely makes the role of Johnny Utah work in The Brilliant Point Break I also have a soft spot for his creepy hotel manager role in The Neon Demon as for bad, The Dull Street Kings gives Keanu nothing to work with and it it unfortunately shows at least it wasn't The Bad Batch though uh, Rafe Telsch says, uh, Good, the Matrix trilogy, Bill and Ted, Speed, etc. Really enjoyed The Lake House as a serious turn for him. And Scanner Darkly, although most of his dramatic stuff is meh, not bad per se, just not great. Um, and then bad adaptations and remakes are his weakest area. Johnny Manomik, Constantine, and The Day the Earth Stood Still just beg the question, why was this even made? Uh, Will Torres says, The Devil's Advocate, for best and worst, every other film. Um, and Brian Kane says, uh, I'm a fan of A Scanner Darkly, a movie that uses Keanu's strengths to his benefit. I also have a soft spot for Hardball. The bad one should be obvious, but I can't say anything bad about this guy. I love that he's doing his damnedest to make martial arts movies popular again.
0: Accurate. Um, now, I'm going to go ahead and say that I will agree with Tori on most of that, except for maybe The Matrix 2, which I think is just awful. Um, and Hardball, I like, but Hardball is such a formulaic movie. I mean, I've seen that movie, that story a hundred times over. So, I mean, great, but, meh. I do like The Gift,
1: though. That is super underrated. That's a very underrated movie. Isn't that Raimi? That is Raimi, yes, and it's different for him, it's God also damn. very different for Keanu, because he's playing, like, an abusive southern da- drunk dad, uh-huh. who, and he's really good. Uh-huh. He's very terrifying, which is so against type for him, but that's example where it worked, where you play within his wheelhouse and also doesn't crowd up the movie that much at the same time either. Um I will say I did actually rewatch the Matrix trilogy, because the twentieth anniversary of the Matrix just happened like in March. So I was yeah, just like, yeah, let sure. me rewatch those movies. And the first Matrix, obviously still great. Just one of the best oh, yeah. like big budget sci-fi action movies ever. And I don't like the Matrix sequels, but I at least have a respect for the fact that as much as they do fuck up, I would argue that no other bad turns for film series are quite like the Matrix sequels. They are unique in terms of how just weird they decided to go. And I, I
0: mean, they went completely off the fucking rails. Yeah, and even
1: Reloaded does have some awesome things like the whole freeway fight thing or even the big mm-hmm. um, kung fu fight that happens, which Keanu actually fights against Tiger Chen in at like the stairwell. Holy shit! That is Tiger Chen. Right, he's one of the guys in that fight scene. Um, there's, there's th- a lot. I gotta be
0: honest. I thought that was a lady.
1: <laughs> Goddamn, <laughs> that's no joke. <laughs> um, but any of those other ones uh, spark your interest, Heather?
2: Well, I, I love the Matrix. Actually, that's where my uh, childhood obsession happened with Keanu. I went through. Over four different my age here VHSs of The Matrix, I would watch it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I just have to say, I don't care how shitty the movie is, I loved Johnny Mnemonic. Like I, too. I as a kid. I do too. Like I, think it's I just shock loved it. fun. I think it could have been just because I was so obsessed with The Matrix. So I was because the second one had, didn't come out till was it two years later?
1: 2003. Two thousand three yeah Yeah, so so it was a while like four Four
2: years yeah so i had you know so it was my film between that but i like i said the matrix was my end all my like i said i literally at one point broke it in the vcr started crying and then my dad had to buy it for me (laughs) again that's how much i watched it (laughs) um so yeah that one i agree with but no i like um i don't know if i've seen hardball i did i did like the gift i remember thinking it was going to be a completely different movie um and as for the second two matrixes like i think because i had overrun myself with the first one that once i got to the second one that wasn't following the same suit it didn't felt like a different movie altogether i think completely. i just kind of lost it but um yeah i agree with most of them except for i love johnny newman
0: i love johnny newman <laughs> johnny, johnny Mnemonic has iced tea a talking dolphin and Dolph Lundgren as a fucking cyborg street preacher who's all there's a-
2: nothing better. That- <laughs> I mean, what is
0: better than that? I have not seen John Mnemonic. Oh no, you have to. Henry Rollins is in it too, and there's so is Udo and laser Finks.
1: I'm curious, but so then again, also Keanu had a lot of blind spots for me until this year. Like I hadn't seen Point Break until earlier this year. I hadn't seen Speed until like two days ago.
2: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> The speed's okay. It was everywhere. You know, yeah.
1: Honestly, like that's the thing. Is like I was worried it was gonna be kind of overrated for me, and I was actually really sucked into speed. I, yeah, it's fun. It is the only Die Hard ripoff that comes anywhere close to Die Hard. Yeah, I agree. That's a good yep. point.
0: And by the way, I think a lot of people shit on Forty Seven Ronin who haven't seen it. I liked it. I don't think Forty Seven Ronin is that bad. Let's put it this way: Forty Seven Ronin is easily better than that fucking. Great Wall movie with Matt Damon.
2: I think Forty Seven Ronin is a
0: visual like fucking mind blowing. It's amazing.
2: Um, I like the world it was attempting to establish. I, I just think it wasn't like it, it was, was either defined. too, yeah. What's the word? Ambitious. Yes, that's a good way to put it. I also agree with what James
1: said. Um, the Neon Demon is a very weird movie, and I've I've I really, I really like his very small turn. He plays like a creepy hotel manager. Yeah, it, who directed that? Uh, that's Nicholas Winding Refn, the uh, drive. That's what I thought. Yeah, Drive and uh, Bronson. Right. Yeah, yeah that guy. I, I I dig that movie. It's very odd, and I think it's a good use of him. As well. It's similar to like a gift role, where it's a small mm-hmm. use of him, but it really works for his advantages. Um, and I did also rewatch the Bill and Ted movies. I'm going to actually say, I think I prefer Bogus Journey. You exactly. are out of your
0: fucking mind both of you what
1: the fuck Excellent Adventure has sort of like the cleaner story but I think Bogus Journey has like the more interesting weird turns like oh they're gonna go to hell oh they're gonna go to heaven and get two small little alien guys to build good robots for them oh they're gonna recruit death into their band
2: yes You you
1: guys I don't know that I can
0: either A be committed I can't be committed to either of you anymore
1: after this This is Uh, fucking
0: ridiculous. Hey,
1: Heather, you got like an hour and a half free every week? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Now I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will agree on the devil's advocate. I love the devil's advocate. I think Keanu Reeves' southern Florida accent is strangely weird because it's still not his normal accent. I don't know why he wouldn't just speak in his normal accent. Mm -hmm. But I do love The Devil's Advocate. I think there are genuinely terrifying things in that movie. And I think, post Scent of a Woman, Al Pacino
1: performance, where he wasn't the hoo-ah! Guy. I don't know, he's not that far off, though.
0: <laughs> he's not that far off, but I think he's really good in that movie.
1: Oh, no, and plus he has great dialogue to spew, like, God is an absentee landlord. And plus, that works for Keanu is kind of wooden, but it works as sort of like a base for fucking Al Pacino to, like, bark at. I think that that's yeah. also. I, I would argue that's also what works for me to disagree with James on this. Um, Street Kings is a very fun guilty pleasure movie for me. Uh,
0: really? I, I mean, you got to figure Street Kings came out what, like a year or two after Training Day, two thousand eight. So, yeah, I think Training Day was what
1: two thousand one. So no, there's 2006? a huge gap.
0: <laughs> Training Day is like two thousand one. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Well, maybe, but fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but Street Kings to me felt like a they were trying to rip-off, Training Day.
1: Oh, 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 hey, it's a David Ayer movie. Shocker, he's trying to repeat himself as he does every time he writes a fucking, like, crime movie. <laughs> he's pretty much trying to do Training Day.
0: You are not a David Ayer fan.
1: I I, I think he repeats himself a lot. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but Street Kings, I think, works in spite of, like you mentioned, it is very much ripping off Training Day, but I think in a way that's consistently like, wait, we're going with this turn? We're doing this? Force Whitaker's yeah. drooping his eye this way? <laughs> Um, (laughs) i think it's a very watchable not well-made movie (laughs) so i did want to say to go back to what i was saying about bogus journey what i think ultimately sells that a bit more for me is the fact that i love him and alex winter as the evil bill and ted yes i I think that is what i think slightly irks it up because it's such it's probably the first time keanu was self-aware And I I just dig that, especially whenever they're, like, trying to, like, laugh about something, just like, oh, we're gonna kill him. (laughs) And they go silent, and they, like, put on sunglasses or some shit, shit. It's so funny. I just love all of that shit.
0: I do dig Scanner Darkly as well, by the way. I think not only is Keanu good in it, I think Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic in that. And I actually think Woody Harrelson gives one of his best performances in that movie. And, crazy, it's Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. But I, I I do like Scanner Darkly. Have you seen Scanner Darkly, Thomas?
1: Uh, no, I have not seen a Scanner Darkly.
0: It's a cel shaded animated
1: movie. I'm I'm aware of it. I mean, it's Richard Linklater too. It's a very weird seeming turn. Keanu there, but... Reeves is in it.
0: I'm just gonna pretend that you don't know what it is. Wait, Keanu? Keanu's in in Le- Whoa! Yeah, he's in it. Uh, Richard Linklater did. It. Whoa! I know. Crazy. It's called a Scanner Darkly.
2: <laughs> My problem with the Scanner Darkly movie. is when it came out, like it was like the hip the hit uh, movie so it was like i just didn't see it in time and by the time that i was ready to see it everyone's like why haven't you seen it and i'm like well uh, it sucks i bet oh uh, uh, screw you guys <laughs> so i like took me years to see it just out of spite
1: i mean i'm always curious to see him because i think him and winona Ryder have an interesting chemistry in other movies i'm, I'm i mean i'm down for that especially i mean they apparently got married on the set of dracula technically because they used they a do. real priest for that set for that yep. scene <laughs> that's true <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Um, But we also had some feedback to read that was um, more in reference to some of our past episodes. Uh, First, Brian Kane actually had this to say in reference to our last video game-themed episode, uh, where with a picture of M. Bison, he said, "Listening to Double-Edged Double Bill, was the most important day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. Clever. We like that, Brian.
0: Uh-huh. Thank yeah. you. Thank you.
1: We like it. Um, And then Oliver Sloan actually had these to say about, like, in terms of his... You know, <laughs> every
0: time, Oliver. Every uh, time. Every time, just
1: like, he just misses the cutoff. Like, he just posts, like, right after we record, honestly, at certain I points. I know. Um, but he had to say, uh, for the video game movies, uh, Double Dragon, Dead or Alive, Street Fighter slash Street Fighter Legend of Uh So we don't know if that's good or bad. I'm so, assuming
0: he means bad. He uh, has to be bad.
1: I don't know, but he loves all... And you know what? I'll say Dead or Alive is at least a very faithful video game. Oh, reputation. you're on
0: your fucking mind. That's a terrible film.
1: I'm not saying it's a good film. I'm saying it's very faithful in terms of it's a lot of stupid fighting and uh-huh. bikini volleyball. <laughs> that's what Eric Dead or Alive Robert
0: is. What's on Oakley's and knows kung fu
1: because of it. It's <laughs> a terrible Never film. Never said it was good. Just said it's very faithful to the stupid video games it's based on <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think he kind of did. I think you kind of did. I think he
1: uh, it's, you like that movie. No, it's, it's like the two Godfather movies right underneath Dead or Alive. <laughs> and,
2: and the dead just, Yeah.
0: Two guys, Maltese Dead or Alive. Citizen
1: Kane's <laughs> right under Dead or Alive, though. Citizen <laughs> Kane. Okay. Come on, so you didn't, didn't have Jamie Presley doing volleyball. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're so in
0: sync. That's why the is. podcast keeps going. <laughs> we just, Our cycles <laughs> are on the same. <laughs> All
2: right, go ahead. <laughs>
1: go ahead, go ahead. Well, um, and then Oliver also actually he shared um, our page at one point on Facebook, and he said uh, one of the best movie podcasts around, full of fun facts and other stuff. And uh, you know, we, I want to emphasize this because we usually have the call to, like do iTunes reviews or sure. other things like that. We also would appreciate if you can, if you don't want to do iTunes reviews, that's fine. At least. Share the show around, whatever social media you do. We also appreciate that. Absolutely.
0: And thank you, Oliver, yes. by the way. You've been a champion almost from, like, episode one. Yes. I mean, Oliver's been commenting the whole time, and I really appreciate that, Oliver.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we also did just recently celebrate the start of our second year. Though it's, it's kind of weird, because, like, if you look at our listing, because of how iTunes fucked up when we first started, it says, like, oh, our first four episodes were released on June 1st. No, we consider May 10th to be the anniversary yes that's when we put up the first episode officially in some regard um and Mallory Somerville had this to say in reference to that uh, at Rosemary's Bay says I love what you guys come up with every time great movie selections great discussions and you're not afraid to have fun with it it's been the highlight of my week since day one and I can't wait to see what you're all have in store for this next year I guess Adam's okay too don't tell him but I'm super proud of him
0: well thank you Mallory and next time I see you I'm spitting in your coffee (laughs)
1: <laughs> he does that with love.
0: No, but thank you, Mallory. I love you very much.
1: You ass <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much love all around um and we also want to spread <laughs> that love to some other people who uh, do great stuff with the show thanks to chris oliver for the intro and outro music used on our show listen to more of his music at chris oliver.bandcamp.com uh, thanks to emily Scarda for our art uh, she accepts commissions at 502rs.com slash ee skarda and i actually wanted to put out a recommendation for a podcast that i started listening to after i've been doing some research for this episode i want to recommend um it's sam van herren's podcast keanu believe it uh which i love that title um and he, it's a, on talkfilmsociety.com and it's all over like itunes obviously he goes through all of keanu's movies in chronological order with a guest um and it's it's a great show um he did a crossover episode recently with sarah sorrentino's podcast we forgive you um where they talked about 47 ronin actually Ah. Yeah. So I want to recommend that and it's it's a really fun show. I like I dig listening to it. And of course you want to also thank Heather for coming on. It's always a pleasure having you on.
2: I oh, thank you for having me. And I enjoyed it.
1: She said yeah, under yeah. protest.
2: Yeah, right.
1: She has a gun yeah, in her I face. it. say it, <laughs> I swear to God. Uh and uh you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at DEDB Pod. That's where we post stuff, like I mentioned, those calls for action. Um we'll have our one for our next episode up as we speak here and as this is released. Um and you can also email us uh double edge bill at gmail dot com for any feedback you want to share. I also have my own individual account on Twitter at not the who's Tommy. I also have that on Instagram uh for my own little musings and I do write reviews as well at Mariani Thomas dot wordpress dot com. I have a Detective Pikachu review up right now and uh spoilers it's decent so it beat the video game movie curse kind of
0: at least so far
1: right it's it's a step it's a step and that, Uh like oh i tolerated this great i think sonic's gonna set that step back quite a Uh, bit
2: I was actually going to say the opposite. I think Sonic's going to blow that out of the water.
1: (laughs) He lives in a (laughs) gangster's paradise. You you can't not. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) For more lovable content like that, subscribe to us on iTunes or any of the other places we're at. We're like on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube. We're on most places where you can find podcasts. And um, if you don't share us, uh, at least try and rate and review us uh, on those platforms to show Uh, that you really pay attention to the show, and more people can get interested if you leave such comments. Uh, So if you can, please do. Not if you can, just fucking do it, for God's sakes.
2: Please, dear God, I live with him. (laughs)
1: She, She and his child are starving. He's fine, he eats all the time we have angry dinners after he records, just like us. Uh, well um, we hope you like us enough to stay tuned for next week uh, because we have uh, in honor of Aladdin coming out Uh, we're not doing Disney again uh, but we decided you know what a big star in that movie is Will Smith who is uh, one of our bigger stars the last 20 years or so and uh, he's made plenty of good and a lot of bad movies more than most people I think would uh, give credit to him for
0: no, I agree, and he yeah. also has that other one coming out where it's Will Smith versus Will Smith,
1: Gemini Man from Angley. Yeah. Yes, I'm actually very excited about that. One. Really? <laughs> Only because it's Angley. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> I I I always want to see whatever the hell Angley's doing. In honor of Aladdin coming out, we're doing our Will Smith movies, and uh, I have the two good movies that have assigned numbers between one and ten for those, and Adam has done the same for two bad Will Smith movies. And uh, usually each of us would pick a number between 1 and 10 that would decide the good and the bad movie. When we have a guest on, like, the lovely Heather, uh, she picks a number between 1 and 10 for both those. So for my two good choices, Heather.
2: uh, Four. All right.
1: Yes. At number three, I have what I would consider to be the finest hour for Will Smith at all. It is the 1997 film Men in Black. I'm
0: totally down. Nice. I, I knew that was yeah. going to be your fucking
1: pick, too. I've said it so many times yeah. that's a good choice. <laughs> how much I love that movie. Um, and then at number 10, I had uh, Michael Mann's Ollie, which he's quite good. At mm-hmm. I don't think that's a great movie, but I think it is a great yeah. turn from him.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Why do you sound like he broke up with you? <laughs> Whatever. It's, I don't it's know. Cool. I don't know. What do you want? Look, to, I mean? <laughs> if Will
1: Smith broke up with you, you would harness that anger. That is
2: true. In
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he have you seen that man? He still looks great. Oh, he looks
2: fantastic.
1: fantastic. Yeah, for sure. Uh but now Heather, for the two bad choices for grumpy
2: old Adam over there. <laughs> Let's go with number ten.
1: At
0: number eight, I have focus. Uh it was apparently made in twenty sixteen with Will Smith and Margot Roby. I have no idea what it's about, but it bombed.
1: I've never seen that one either. I oh, yeah, exactly.
0: So, fuck it. We're shooting blind. And then, at number two, I had iRobot, because I hate that movie.
1: <laughs> that's just another one for me where we'll talk about this next week, but it's just such a forgettable big blockbuster movie, and that's that's what he just did so much of.
0: So, have you not
1: heard of Focus? I've heard of Focus, I just never saw it. Oh, yeah, no, me neither. Right. So I, mean, I just so know, like, okay, movie. it's it's uh, him and Harley Quinn teamed back up.
0: That's like con... <laughs> people i think they're con artists i think
1: i think i don't, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. know
0: i don't know watch <laughs> it be something
1: super deep and then we're gonna be talking about
0: i can't believe it oh, this is an
1: undiscovered american classic no one knows about it <laughs> what the hell what the <laughs> hell <laughs> you know what this movie didn't fail but you failed in america uh, you, you failed, failed focus <laughs> shit <laughs> Well, we'll find out all about that next week. But until then, guys, we got to, you know, practice for our battle of the bands, right? (laughs) Long live the (laughs) tooch. They get better.